I believe the Lord has given me something to share with you today, with the church today. Um, it won't be a sermonette, I don't think. <laughs> but I, uh, I, feel, I feel impelled of the Lord today to, to preach a word to you from, uh, from the Bible. And a lot of things are going on right now. You know, just a lot of stuff going on. And I, I know there's a lot of, and I don't generally, you know me, if you've known me, if you've been around me very long, I don't generally um, preach a lot. I do preach, you know, some prophetic messages, some prof- Bible prophecy messages, but not a whole lot. I mean, that's not my, never has been my forte. But with everything going on, God's just been dealing with my heart about some things. And um, there are concerns with people today about everything that's happening in the world today, in America today, in, um, uh, well, not just in America, but all over the world. There's a man by the name of Mark Sayers. He's a pastor and he's an author and he tweeted this week a few things and one tweet said two accelerants first pandemic second ukraine moving world into whole new phase the next tweet said Two short years filled with levels of change that normally take decades. Third tweet, a reordering of the world at hyper speed. Things are moving very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Things are moving very quickly. Using the words, he used the word accelerants. A whole new phase and hyperspeed. And that accurately describes what is happening on the geopolitical landscape today. There is a prophetic shift of gears that has taken place in the last two years. We are at warp speed heading toward the end of this age and, and toward the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that or not. The coming of the Lord is very near. The rapture of the church is at the door. And the church has got, we have got to wake up and be shaken to our alertness and get out of our lethargy and apathy and get ready for the coming of the Lord and Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? We are at that time. I'm not one to try. I'm not trying to scare anybody. But you know what? If our lives are not right with the Lord and you could miss, if you're in a place where you don't know that you're ready for the rapture of the church, you need to be alarmed and you need to be frightened and you need to be scared and you need to be making sure that your life is right with God. Amen. Things are accelerating. They are at warp speed. 
they are at hyper speed. And I want to read to you today because here we are hearing terms every day. We hear the term, if you watch the news at all, World War III. Anybody heard that term this week? We hear the term used, nuclear weapons. We hear the term used, biological weapons. And people are afraid. And people are wondering what's going to happen. And some are even... There are some that are preaching that there's going to be and some that are proclaiming that there is going to be. And I'm talking of some preachers that are saying that there's going to be a nuclear war in the near future. And uh, a lot of people are afraid of that. Someone that heard the message last Sunday that I preached and took some CDs to give to some family members mentioned that their family, members of their family were scared to death about what's going on today in the world and what they see happening and are afraid. What's going to happen? Will there be a nuclear war? Will Russia fire weapons? What's going to happen? What does the Bible have to say about that? Or is it silent? Or does it have anything to say about nuclear war? Should we today here in America as believers, as a church, as Christians, should we be afraid that there's going to be a nuclear, nuclear holocaust that's going to wipe us all out. Should we be worried and afraid about that? And a lot of people are. But it, dep- it, it depends on whether you're, where you are with God, but it depends on what you believe about what the Word of God says. And look with me this morning, if you will, in 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, I'm going to try to move fast, okay? So I can try to get through this if I can. I'll probably have to. Uh, I'll probably have to skip over some things, but uh, this I, I've been. This has been on my heart all week long, and God's been laying some of these things on my heart and dealing with me as I studied and put this message together. But in Second Peter chapter number three, verse number ten, listen to what the the apostle Peter had to say here. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which dwells righteousness. Let me read to you the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 21 and verse 9 and 10. Luke chapter 21 and verse 9 and 10, the words of Jesus. He says, but when you hear of wars and commotions, what's the next line? Do not be terrified. 
One translation says, do not panic. Do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. Verse 10, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I want to talk to you this morning with what little time we have left, the best that I can, on the thought, the subject, does the Bible predict a nuclear war in the last days? What does the Bible say about that? Father, we thank you today for this privilege to be here in the house of the Lord, to stand again before your people and to break the bread of life to teach your word, to minister to this congregation. I ask you this morning for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I ask for your help, that you will help me to deliver my soul and the burden that's on my heart today, that you will help me to give to this church and to anyone that may listen or may hear this later what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today and saying to the church today. God, touch our hearts today. Encourage your church, your people, in Jesus' name. We give you praise. And everybody said amen and amen. Since 1991 and the collapse of the Soviet Union, Vladimir Putin has felt like a mother bear robbed of her cubs, willing to maul anyone who stands in the way of restoring Soviet greatness. Russia after its defeat in the Cold War, is now emerging again as a power challenging the West. And there is a great concern today as to what Putin might do as far as using chemical or nuclear weapons against Ukraine or against any NATO nation that would interfere with him. And I believe this is what they say. What they are saying is the main reason why that NATO and the United States are not getting actively involved in Ukraine because of the unsurety of what Putin might do. He has already given the impression that he would not hesitate to use nuclear weapons if anyone interfered with him. He hasn't come right out and made that statement, but he has inferred such. On Friday, President Biden vowed that Russia would pay a severe price if it, is, if it used chemical weapons in Ukraine, while also pledging to avoid provoking Moscow into World War III. And again, that's a term that you're hearing or a phrase that you're hearing a lot in these days we're living, World War III. I was watching, I, I happened to find the uh, Trump, that, that there was a Trump rally last night in South Carolina that was broadcast on Fox Nation, a network, and I got on there and watched to see what our former president had to say. And, you know, not surprising, that phrase was used as well by Donald Trump last night, World War III. And so just the thought of the United States of America and Russia fighting each other brings fear to a lot of people since both of those nations are nuclear powers. And we know that if we became engaged, those two nations engaged in a nuclear war, that the outcome would be catastrophic. 
The first atomic bomb was exploded at 5.20 a.m. on July the 16th, 1945 in the wilderness of New Mexico. And then that first atomic bomb to be dropped on a city was dropped on Hiroshima in August 6th of 1945. A city of 350,000 people was virtually leveled. Three days later, a second atomic bomb dropped by the United States on Nagasaki. And also, many people totally wiped out. Japan surrendered, but the atomic age went on, and life on this planet has never been the same and will never be the same. Is there a threat of nuclear war? And people would ask that question. And with the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the threat of nuclear war is always ever-increasing. This invasion has raised the alert in everyone's mind about nuclear attacks, something that has not been a concern for many years. And I remember when I was a kid, and many of you do too, that uh, are my age or, or older, but in the days when I was a kid, that threat did exist. As kids growing up, you know, in the late 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, I, I mean, we didn't understand everything that was all, all about that and the Cold War and everything. Thing. We didn't understand all about that, but I do remember being in grocery stores and, and public buildings when there was always that sign there that said fallout shelter. There was always, you know, they would, they, there was always um, that, that place and the buildings had those, those signs telling people where there was a fallout shelter, where they could go to get in a safe place if there was a nuclear attack. The schools in those days would even hold drills and exercises to go through uh, what we would do in case of those attacks. And there's more concern today. And we, we haven't had that concern for many years, but there's more concern about the nuclear today than there ever has been at any other time in my life. And so many people are fearful and so many people are worried, wondering will there be. And some people just don't care. It doesn't matter to them either way. But the question arises, does the Bible predict a nuclear war in the last days? And that's the thing that we have to look to. It's not what I may think about it. It's not what somebody else else may think about it. It's not what a YouTube prophet may predict about it or prophesy about it. But we must know what does the Bible have to say. You know me. As, as long as you all know me, I'm not going to give you something that is not going to be backed up by what the Word of God has to say. And I'm telling you today that, 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 that whatever the scenario may be today, God, and I'll get into this but but God, Jesus, the Word of God, has definitely told us and tells us and the message to us as His people today is not to be fearful and not to be afraid and not to let those things get a hold of us. Jesus even said that in the last days that men's hearts would fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. And I don't know, some people have said that means there will be more heart attacks but you know whether that's the case or not but but people's hearts are failing them today because of fearfulness of what is arising in the world and what the future looks like it may hold there are those today that are saying that there are scriptures that point to the fact that there will be a nuclear war in the last days 
Russia has more nuclear weapons and warheads than anyone else. And China and Pakistan, India, North Korea also have nu- nuclear weapons. And Iran is reported to be at the very threshold to be very close to producing a nuclear weapon. I mentioned last week, according to Israeli intelligence, that they believe that Iran already has enough enriched uranium to produce a bomb. And so with these dangerous nations, with these, with these terroristic nations having nuclear weapons, it does raise the question, will there be a nuclear war in the end time? And this, this is, you know, and as I said, we must be clear about one thing, that we are not as believers to fear the future. It's so easy to be troubled and terrified when we watch the news. In the last days, we're going to hear so much, and we do hear, about so much violence that it seems the whole world is coming apart at the seams. But I remind you again that Jesus said, when you hear these things, do not be terrified or do not panic. We're not to be, as a church, as believers, we are not to be filled with confusion and commotion. But our hearts today, ladies and gentlemen, are to be fixed on God, trusting in His care, trusting in His security. And and that is where God wants you and I as believers and as Christians to be. Amen? These events dominate the news. But as believers, we are not to be afraid because Jesus said the end will not come immediately. These things must happen. They must come to pass. But the end will not come immediately. That And the end is speaking of the end of the age, the culmination of everything. When Jesus comes back, to this earth in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The end will not come immediately, but I'll tell you something that can come immediately and that is the rapture, the coming of the Lord for His saints. It can come at any moment at any time and we must make sure that we are ready. Amen? There are several biblical passages that people use to uh, and are using today to try to predict a nuclear war at the end of time. And I want to look at a couple of these today. I had particularly three of them that I wanted to look at, but um, for time's sake, we'll just touch on a couple of them. But uh, the first one is in Zechariah chapter 14. If you want to jot that down, they'll put it on the screen. But there's a verse... In Zechariah chapter 14 and verse number 12. And it says this, And this shall be the plague which, which the Lord will strike all of the people who fought against Jerusalem. Notice this. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets. And their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Some do say that that is a picture, and I guess it could be you would say that is a picture of the results of a thermonuclear weapon. The flesh dissolving while they stand on their feet. The flesh just dissolving from off of their bones and their eyes dissolving in their socket. The tongue dissolving in their mouth. And when you look at that, and as I said, there are some that are perpetrating and preaching that this is going to happen as a result of a nuclear 
attack or a nuclear bomb. But is this the picture? Is is Zechariah here in this verse, in this chapter, is he giving a picture of nuclear war? Well, you have to look at the context of Zechariah chapter 14 because Zechariah chapter 14 is a prophecy of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'll study that entire chapter, you'll find that it is a picture of and talking about the battle of Armageddon or the end as Jesus said when he said the end will not come immediately this is the end right here in Zechariah chapter 14 it's the second coming of Christ when the nations of the earth under the leadership of the Antichrist come together against Jerusalem to destroy Israel at the end of the tribulation how do we know that's the case well you have to go back to verse number 2 in that 14th chapter. And here's what Zechariah says, or what the Lord says. He says, For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be, shall be taken. The houses rifled, and the women ravaged, and half of the city shall go into captivity. That's what it says is taking place. The armies of the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation will converge upon Jerusalem. The Antichrist and his armies, and it will be all the nations, all the armies of the nations of the world that will follow the Antichrist at this moment as he converges upon Jerusalem and upon Israel to totally annihilate them and wipe them out. But something is going to happen. I'm about to feel something. Something is going to happen that Zechariah describes here that will stop the Antichrist, from his attack and his destruction upon Israel. At the very moment that it looks like that he will be successful, at the very moment that it appears that Israel has met its doom, at that very moment, if you look at Zechariah verse 3 of chapter 14, it says, Then the Lord will go forth. Let me read that again. Then, when, then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west making a very large valley. Half the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. And verse 5 says, Thus, thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. This is a picture of the second advent, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when will he come? When Jerusalem is surrounded with the armies of the Antichrist. Then he will come when everything look, looks like it's curtains for Israel. Then he will come when Israel will begin to cry out to God for deliverance knowing that God is their only hope then the sky will split open when half of Jerusalem has fallen and it looks like the other half is about to fall then he will come when it looks like every Jew will be annihilated with two thirds already killed when it looks like the promises that God had made to the patriarchs and the prophets of old will fail when it looks like the antichrist will win when it looks like Satan will have the upper hand and when it looks like 
that Satan will be made the Lord of the earth and all of God's promise will fail. When it looks like that the end is there, then at that moment there will be a cloud burst and the sky will open up and then the Lord will descend with his angels, with the saints on the white horse and then the Lord himself will come back to destroy the armies of the Antichrist and rescue Israel and set up his millennial kingdom on this earth. Then it will take place. That is when, when the Lord goes forth to fight against those nations to the the Antichrist and those nations, that is when this plague will hit. And verse 12 says that it is a plague. Verse 12 doesn't say anything about this being a nuclear explosion, but it says that this shall be, listen, look at verse number 12 of Zechariah 14, and this shall be the plague with which the Lord, Lord, who's doing the striking here? The Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. The Lord is the one that's fighting against them. It's at the second coming of the Lord, and He fights against them and strikes them with a plague. This is not a nuclear bomb. The text says that it is a direct judgment from God. This is a hideous plague that will be a living death upon on those who come against the Lord Jesus Christ to fight against him, the armies of heaven, and to destroy Israel. This will be done by the power of God while they stand on their feet. It will not be a nuclear explosion, but it will be at the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to say amen. Nothing is going to be left of the Antichrist army, but just some scraps on the ground for the vultures to come and pick at and the Lord himself will take the antichrist the beast and the false prophet and cast them both alive into the lake of fire and grab a hold of the devil and lock him up in a bottomless pit for 1,000 years this does not depict a nuclear holocaust but it's what is going to take place when Jesus comes back at his second advent riding on a white horse hallelujah is recorded in Revelation 19 with fire in his eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth and he will smite the nations of the earth hallelujah and evil will be put away not by a nuclear holocaust but by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Somebody ought to give the Lord a shout of praise. Woo, hallelujah, amen. Revelation chapter 19 says that the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. The beast and false prophet cast alive into the lake of fire. See, the power that destroys the armies will be more powerful than any thermonuclear weapon. It will be the word of him that is on that white horse, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how this is going to end, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come on, somebody. And you know what? Woo! Hallelujah. You know what? 
You know, people get the rapture and the second advent confused. The rapture is when he comes back for his saints, which could happen at any moment. The second coming is when he comes back with his saints. That will happen seven years, at least seven years after the rapture of the church. And I'm telling you, when he comes back in Revelation 19 on that white horse, when he comes back to rescue Israel, when he comes back to reclaim his right to this earth, when he comes back, we're going to be riding with him. Come on, somebody. I ain't been on a horse in a long, long time. But, Brother Bill, it ain't going to be too long. I'm going to mount up on that white steed with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're coming back with him. We're coming back all his saints, our glorified saints, are coming back with him to fight in this battle. And we will not have it. It's going to be like he said. You know, he's always come on the scene for Israel. And he's told them, you won't even have to fight in this battle. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Just like he drowned Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Just like he killed with one angel 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night when he comes back in this triumphant battle. He's going to just speak the word from his mouth and the armies of the Antichrist flesh will melt off their bones. Their eyes dissolve in their socket. Their tongue will dissolve in their mouth. They'll fall as a heap to the ground just like throwing water on the wicked witch of the west. Come on somebody. I'm melting. I'm melting. I'm telling you there's going to be victory and the church needs to get ready for the coming of the Lord. Can you praise him today? This is not a fairy tale. This is truth. This is truth. Let me hurry. The text that I read in 2 Peter 3, where he said the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Verse 10, the heavens will pass away at the great noise, elements melting with fervent heat. The earth and the works in it burnt up. All these things, he said, will be dissolved. He said the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. The elements will melt with fervent heat. And some will take this passage, and I've heard them. And they will say that the world is going to be destroyed. This is the end of the world. This is the final chapter. This earth being on fire and burning up, and some say that it will be destroyed by a nuclear explosion. Well, is that what he's saying? Peter said that this will take place, he said, it will take place in the day of the Lord. Verse number 10. The day of the Lord is known in the Bible as the day that begins at the time frame that begins with the tribulation period at the end, at the, at the, after the rapture, at the beginning, should I say, of the tribulation period. 
and transpires and extends through the millennial reign of Christ. That's when most Bible scholars and commentaries and prophecy teachers define that time. It's not a 24-hour day, but it is a period. You know, the Bible says that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. And this day of the Lord will extend from the beginning of the tribulation to the end of the millennium. How long's the millennium? A thousand years. And so this takes place, what Peter is talking about, in what he refers to in the day of the Lord. This is an event that will take place at the end. When will the earth be on fire? When will the elements melt with fervent heat? When will everything in this earth be burnt up and destroyed? When will that happen? Next week? Next month? When Putin goes to pushing buttons? No, no, it's not, it's not going to happen next week. This, what Peter's talking about here, could Putin push a button next week? He very well might. But what Peter's talking about here, the earth being destroyed will not be this week or next week or in 10 years or in 20 years. This event is at the end, the day of the Lord is at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand year reign. So this is in the future at least 1,000 years. This earth will be here in its present state till the till the Lord comes back and sets up his kingdom then we'll enter into a, a reign of a thousand years of peace as Christ reigns from Jerusalem. But the earth will be the same until the end of the millennial reign. And that's when what Peter speaks of here will take place. And when you read this, it talks about how that at the end of the millennium that God will renovate the earth by fire. Who will do this? God will renovate the earth by fire. Everything in the earth will be burned up to make way for, Peter said, a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. So it is very obvious in the context here of 2 Peter chapter 3 that God will be the one doing this. This will be, and I know that they point out some words in this text in 2 Peter 3 that, that, that sound like nuclear fusion and what happens when an atomic bomb explodes. And, 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 and I will say this. Let me say this. When this happens, yes, yes, yes. Let's say this. It will be a, for, so it will be a nuclear explosion because it will be God at this time that actually God himself will untie the atoms and will cause a great explosion and there will be a great noise and there will be fervent heat that will melt all of the elements and the word there in verse 11 dissolved is the Greek word luo which means to break up to destroy or to melt and it's translated unloose and the idea is of setting free something that's been bound and the apostle Peter here in this text 2,000 years ago gives an act 
accurate description of the nuclear age. And he describes the loosing of the atoms and the fiery destruction that follows the loosing of those atoms. And he tells how the nuclear age will end. It will end with a big bang that will melt the elements with fervent heat. But this bang is not caused by a nuclear bomb going off. It's caused by God himself. Are you listening to me? We don't have to worry. When this disaster comes, it'll be God, not some panic-stricken senile president in the White House or some frantic red-eye Islamic terrorist in the Middle East or some demon-possessed Russian dictator that will unleash it. It will be God Almighty himself that will speak the word, loose the atoms, and burn up this earth, everything in this earth, hallelujah, and make a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. This won't happen for at least a thousand years. This is not to say that there might not be a limited nuclear exchange in the meantime. But if there is, I'm not going to stand here and tell you there will never be some sort of nuclear exchange before or after the rapture. But it will not destroy and annihilate the world. Are you hearing me? In Genesis chapter 1, we have creation. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, we have uncreation with a recreation of a new heaven and a new earth. God created all things, and God will be the one to destroy it, and God will be the one to recreate it and make it all new again. Not Putin, amen, not Iran, not China. Come on, somebody. God is in control of this situation today. Hallelujah. Are we to be concerned? Yes. Should we be praying? Absolutely. But Jesus said the end will not come immediately, so don't panic. Don't be terrorized or terrified because God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. It's all going according to his plan. There will be a recreation. I'm going to close. I'm not going to get the the third one that I was going to give you, but... Somebody's saying, people are thinking, well, what's going to happen to everybody when God just looses the atoms and the elements are all melting with fervent heat and everything in the earth, the earth itself, this ball, this planet, this, this place that we live will not be totally annihilated. The word destroyed that was used, there's not a word that is used for total annihilation. The earth will be, will remain. God said that it would forever. But everything that's in it now, all the buildings that are here, 
everything that man has done to build and produce and everything in this earth will totally be destroyed by fire. Everything burnt up to a crisp. The elements will melt. It will be such a fervent heat. Nothing will be left but the earth. Just, you know, the same way he destroyed everything with a flood. Everything will be destroyed this time with fire, but it will purge the earth of everything that is vile and everything that is unclean. And every coronavirus won't be able to hang around through that. Glory to God. And everything will be purged. And what's, what, where are we going to be when all that happens? This is at the end of the millennium. We're going to be caught up, I believe, to the new Jerusalem, and we'll be safe and sound in the new Jerusalem until God renovates the earth by fire, then makes all things new. A recreation of the earth, restored to its former state, the way it was before sin ever entered in. And then John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And Peter said, we looked for new heavens and new earth wherein dwells righteousness. And John saw the new heaven and the new earth. And then he saw the new Jerusalem coming down. Here we come. Going to inhabit this new earth. Praise God. And, 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 and this is what's going to take place. This is what is going to happen. A new heaven, a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And Isaiah said in Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, God said, I create new, a new, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. You can read Revelation chapter 8 on your own, but I won't go into that. The hour's already getting late, but... That's another passage in Revelation 8 that some are using to say that it describes a nuclear war. But listen, in the light of all this, we just skim the surface. But when we look at the world today and we look at all the countries that do have nuclear weapons, it is not unlikely that weapons of mass destruction could be turned into the hands of unstable leaders or terrorists to be used against some nation in the end. It probably, it is probable that this could happen and that there could be a nuclear exchange of some kind in the near future, possibly before the rapture, but more so after the rapture, during the tribulation. Even though it's not specifically predicted in the Bible, it still could happen. But the main thing is, saints, the main thing is we need to be looking for Jesus to come. We need to be living holy, godly lives and be ready for the rapture. Peter closes that second, that, that, that verse out in 2 Peter 3.11, he says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, 
he asked the question, what manner of persons ought you to be? Since you know this is coming, we know this is coming, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the day of the Lord? Paul said, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must be wise, those wise virgins, with our lamps filled with oil, waiting for the midnight cry of the bridegroom and be ready to meet him. Amen? Praise God. Worship team, come on back. We're going to sing something and worship the Lord before we're dismissed today. But will the earth, will the world be totally destroyed, annihilated by some madman firing nuclear weapons or a massive World War III nuclear exchange? Will it annihilate? No. God is the one that's going to do that. God is the one that's in control.